I'm Stargate Pioneer. I'm Haley. And I'm Lauren from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. A podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. All I know is that a, co- a conversation has been sparked by this. It, I, I was a bit sort of crushed when we heard the news and I didn't really know what to do with it. And then uh, when the news broke, I was absolutely bowled over by the response. And it's continued. It's not been like a one-off thing. It's kind of encouraged not, not only myself, but the people who make the show, Warner Brothers and Brookheimer TV, to try and find a home for it because it feels such a shame that so many people feel so, um, so upset that it's finished so abruptly. Hey friends, this is On The Bubble Podcast. My name is Josh Liston, and today we're talking about Save Lucifer. The voice that you just heard was none other than that of Tom Ellis, a.k.a. Lucifer. That was a mix of an interview he did with BBC News and also another interview with KTLA. I'll have links to the full interviews in the show notes where you're listening to this episode. So as we heard there, the Lucifer showrunners, the cast, the crew... We're all very disappointed with Fox cancelling the show for a season four. We also got the sense that fans were equally unimpressed to the point where they started a very immediate and potent fan campaign. So before we move into the specifics of the actual Save Lucifer campaign, I wanted to share a quick piece of audio again from Tom Ellis, this time from the TV Line YouTube channel, where Tom is explaining how the cancellation itself and the unfortunate nature of that cancellation actually facilitated some deeper insights into the Lucifer fan base, things that he didn't even know, like just how passionate their fan base is about the show Lucifer. It's really fascinating stuff. Shout out to the TV Line YouTube channel. The strange thing was when the show got cancelled, I'd had this feeling that even though it seemed, because of the viewing figures, that the show wasn't doing particularly well on Fox, that I was very aware that the show was doing very well elsewhere and was continuing to grow as you know, as, it, as people were starting to see season one and season two around the world. And so I kind of, I knew that, the, well, I suspected that there would be some unhappy people. I just didn't quite think there'd be quite so many unhappy people. But yeah. um, I think, you know, in this day and age, like you say, with so much scripted drama, to, to be in a show that is obviously loved and supported and watched by so many people. Um, that's what came out of this whole experience. Whereas if we'd stayed on Fox, I probably wouldn't be quite so aware of this. Yeah. yeah <laughs> this is yeah. the interesting thing. So there's, there's, a, there's a lot of sort of serendipity that's happened in this particular instance. But um, yeah, it's just, I mean, it was, it was very affirming, should we say. Yeah. Hopefully I'm not the only one who found that completely fascinating, what Tom was saying there. Moving on, we found out earlier in the episode that Deadline.com reported on May 11th, 2018, that Fox had decided to cancel Lucifer after three full seasons. We also know that there was a fan campaign which was immediate and potent, and the fan campaign was fueled mostly by the Save Lucifer and also the Pick Up Lucifer hashtags, which seriously flooded Twitter and Instagram in a way that maybe 
I've only seen happen with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It was a true testament to the online fan campaign community, the way that they congregated and aligned around those few hashtags. There was also a SaveLuciferChange.org campaign created by HH, and that change.org, it was reaching numbers of over 200,000 signatures in just a few weeks. It's just mind-boggling. And it eventually ended up topping out at around 305,000 signatures, which I'm not sure any show that I've looked at so far has had those kind of numbers in such a short amount of time. That's really impressive stuff. So within a week of the cancellation, there were a lot of outlets, including SpoilerTV.com, that were sharing around the BBC interview featuring Alice, the KTLA interview featuring Alice, several other shorter interviews featuring the Lucifer star, where there were two common themes. The first actually was kind of surprising to me. It was actually a lot of Alice thanking Fox for the opportunity to play such an interesting character on such a great show. That's not normally the type of language that we're used to as people that are familiar with fan campaigns coming from the star of the show that just got axed. The second through line that was common amongst those interviews was that Ellis himself had high hopes that Lucifer would be picked up by a streaming service like a Hulu or a Netflix. At the core of all of these decisions, it's business. And um, if, if a show isn't doing the right business for a network, then they've every right to cancel it. And I think, the, you know, the, the, it's very easy for people to turn their attention towards Fox and, and, and have a go at them. But, I, you know, I'd like to thank Fox for three years of like, having a great opportunity to do this show. It just obviously didn't make sense for them to continue doing it for whatever reason. But unfortunately, the people that they get left out in that equation are the fans. So as the campaign kept moving forward, there were more and more tweets from fans. The cast was heavily involved, retweeting different outlets that had positive comments, uh, critics that supported a fourth season. There was just loads of support around the entire Lucifer community. So all of that action ended up culminating in mid-June 2018, where the tide started to turn in a more positive direction. Because as... Anyone who's familiar with the fan campaign will know, after the initial surge of energy, online action, tweets, retweets, the cast and the showrunners being involved, there does reach a point where key players who have got other things going on in their careers or, or other opportunities vying for their attention will start to back off, I guess, with a fan campaign. For the lack of a better term, you can't campaign forever particularly if you're an unemployed actor or a showrunner. You have to go out and audition, etc., etc., and try to get work. That's not always easy to hear as a fan, but in the case of Lucifer, come mid-June 2018, Lucifer did see some positive signs. But, and I think this is an important place to go back a step and realise that it wasn't all expensive scotch and glossy angel feathers for Lucifer, the fan campaign had its public detractors. Not something I've seen in all of my research for all the shows I've done was outlets coming out like CBR.com in the case of Lucifer with articles along the lines of the following from CBR.com Is Lucifer even worth saving? Question mark. 
Quote, The inconsistencies in critical reception might be explained by the show's tendency to drift in theme and tone, which in turn leads us to wonder what, exactly, the show would do with the fourth season, and whether it would be worth another network's time and money to find out. End quote. Thankfully, in this particular case, CBR.com and their band of disgruntled critics were way off the mark here. The voices of the fans reigned supreme. In fact, those voices were so powerful that on June 16, 2018, CNET.com reported the following, quote, Looks like the former King of Hell has his own guardian angel. Based on the DC Comics title, the TV series Lucifer has been saved from certain death by Netflix, end quote. So yeah, another digital first campaign that directly helped in saving a show in 2018. It's not the first, and I'm hoping that maybe it will be the last. I don't know where to go with that. Let's hope it's not the last, but maybe the last for a little while, meaning that good shows aren't getting cancelled all over the place. I thought the best way to share the excitement that the community had as a whole around Lucifer was actually to go back to the cast themselves and share some of those reactions from the people involved in making the thing that we as fans of the show all love so much. So these quotes were aggregated by Deadline.com and the first piece of audio you're going to hear is portraying both a quote from Trisha Helfer at True Trisha Helfer on Twitter and also a quote from the Twitter account Best of Lauren German at Best of Germ. Quote, congrats Lucifer team on the Netflix pickup you're going to rock it. Lucifer fans, you guys made it happen with all the noise. Congrats to you all too. Unquote. Quote, you guys, our show is back. Lucifer lives. We did it. We really did it. I'm going to burst. We fought and we won. Unquote. The next pieces of audio we're going to hear were performed by the very talented Heather Welsh from sunshineandpowercuts.com, who I'm really excited to have met via the admins from the Gunner Geek Network, the network that houses the show you're listening to right at the moment. Heather seems lovely, and she was really open to helping me with this next piece of audio, which portrays two social posts from series star Leslie Ann Brandt. So yeah, shout out to Heather for her great work here. And these quotes from Leslie Ann Brandt are just really heartfelt. You could tell that she really cared about the fact that fans went to bat so hard for their show. Quote, all the feels right now. Thank you, Lucifer fans. Getting out the leather pants right away. Unquote. Quote, you fans are incredible. You did this. We are so happy to keep the family together. Lucifer on Netflix is back. Has a ring to it, I say. Thank you at Netflix and thank you to each and every one of you who fought like a demon. Unquote. Quote, I told y'all we'd be back. Lucifer, season four. End quote. That particular quote was from series star and Buffy the Vampire Slayer alumni D.B. Woodside, who, as a lifelong Buffy fan, I really gravitate to in Lucifer. I just think his character is just really funny and complex and highly entertaining, and his Twitter account actually is very much like that. So I wanted to actually voice that one myself, much to the chagrin of you guys listening, I'm sure. So as a Lucifer fan myself, I'm obviously super happy with the renewal and I'm hoping that the platform delimitations offered by Netflix 
might allow the show to wander around a little bit more in the darker side of the DC Lucifer mythology without getting too serious, obviously. I don't think anyone wants the show not to be funny. And getting a little bit more back to the celestial side of the show, for the lack of a better term, would be cool. So to round up today, I wanted to share two final pieces of audio. The first is a piece of tape from a very excited Amy Garcia, who plays Ella Lopez on the show. And her reaction is just perfect, really. It's her driving in her car. I don't think she'd had a whole lot of time to think about the good news. It seems very authentic and immediate. So we'll hear that first. And lastly, we're going to hear another piece of audio from Tom Ellis, where he shares some really interesting thoughts on why Netflix offers opportunities that maybe other networks don't for the show moving forward. Plus, he shares his thoughts on moving from broadcast television to streaming, just generally. So thank you for listening at Joshua C. Liston on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. To find the show, if you want to share it around, to look at all of our resources and our audio attributions for all the outside audio that you've heard today, check out geeks.link slash on the bubble or on the bubble podcast.com. They'll both take you to some cool places with the same general stuff. And yeah, take care and I'll talk to you soon. You guys, we did it. Netflix picked us up. We could not have done it without you guys. I am, I'm crying. The thing is as well about moving to Netflix is that we're now a 10 episode season. So, um, you know, the, the knock-on effect of that means that you, uh, when you do 22 episodes, you really have to kind of stretch it out, mm-hmm. and you end up diluting a lot of the story, um, and you get some episodes that really move the story on, and some episodes that don't at all, and you kind of like focus elsewhere. The nice thing about with this is that, you know, we're going to have 10 episodes that um, I believe will probably all drop at the same time, mm-hmm. and you know, there will be that continuity and that bingeable nature of it. Yeah. Um, but also that, that everything counts in 10 episodes. Yeah.